2: Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular
3: guy. And thanks for joining us for another Winning Ponies. Hope you had a slew of winners over the weekend uh, particularly if you were down in Pimlico, had some great racing down there. And, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. It looks like we've got another horse that has a shot at winning the Triple Crown. That's right. I'll have another words that were spoken very much at the track I was at uh, last Saturday. Uh, Super Mario, they're calling him. Uh, Super Mario Gutierrez just gave a beautiful ride to I'll Have Another. Uh This... uh Son of Flower Alley can track just off the pace. Once again, coming into the stretch, it looked like it was Bodie Meister's race, which would have rounded out my two-day double. Uh, Mike Smith did a great job at rating Bodie Meister, almost two seconds slower than... His pace in the Kentucky Derby, of course, uh, Pimlico a little bit of a different track and the distance a little bit shorter, but it just looked like uh, he had done the right thing, uh, slowed him down to 47 and change, almost 112 for the six furlongs. It looked like Bodie was going to cruise to victory, but uh, that did not happen as I'll have another put in a roaring final 16th of a mile. And got up by a neck and looked awful good doing it. Uh, Bodemeister was well, well ahead of third place finisher, uh, creative cause. And, uh, running fourth to break up my super was a long shot at 20 to 1 called Zetter Home. But nonetheless, it looks like we do have another horse, uh, that is going to try to, uh, to make history. Uh, don't forget, this goes back to uh, Sir Barton in 1919. All in all, the Triple Crown's been won by 11 horses. Of course, we all remember little Stevie Wonder, Steve Cawthon, the kid, unaffirmed back in 1978. Five years earlier, of course, it was Big Red, uh, who became the first horse since Citation to win the Triple Crown with his awesome. 31-length triumph. Uh, the uh, Seattle Slough, of course, uh, was followed that uh, trip, and he became the first undefeated Triple Crown winner uh, with his uh, Belmont victory. At that time, he was nine and O. Of course, uh, there were those 11 Triple Crown winners. Uh, the, the others: uh, Gallant Fox, Omaha, War Admiral, Whirlaway, Count Fleet, Assault. Uh, Will I'll have another join that roster? We are not sure because, as you recall, especially in modern times, 19 horses have gone into the Belmont Stakes with wins in the Derby and the Preakness and could not get the job done. So uh, the question now is, who is going to show up to face I'll Have Another at the grueling mile-and-a-half at Belmont. We'll take, we'll take a look at where the horses are going or if they're coming to the Belmont Stakes, the third jewel of the Triple Crown. Uh, let's uh, take a look now at... Uh, oh, Bode Meister, of course, will not be coming to the race. Uh, Bob Baffert finally admitted that it was just uh, too much for him. He had run his eyeballs out his two races, and uh, he was going to uh, just give him a rest. But that does mean that uh, he's going to try to do it with uh, Painter. And Painter, who uh, put in a nice race on the undercard at Pimlico, looks like he will be Baffert's choice to run in the Preakness. So... uh, Pater looks like he is going to go after winning in convincing style. Creative Cause is going to go back to Los Angeles. Now, he did that the last time, and then then he showed up uh, at the Preakness. So I'm not saying that uh, it couldn't be a surprise, but pretty sure... uh, that uh, Mike Harrington, the trainer, said that uh, he's going to go back to California and they might uh, point him to uh, grass races later in the season. Uh, Zetterholm, a question mark. uh, Dick Dutrow, no real comment about what he was going to do. Teeth of the Dog was the horse that uh, Michael Matz put in there instead of Union Rags. And uh, he has announced that he will not run in uh, the Belmont Stakes, but of course, it looks like Union Rags will be going in the Belmont Stakes, and we'll address that here in 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 just a minute. As a matter of fact, it looks like uh, right now I've got uh, I've got an interesting call in from a, a guest that we had on the show uh, just two weeks ago. Let, let, let's see, Matt Widener, can you connect me with this call, please? Hello. Hey, John. Marty Grunder. How are you? I'm okay, I'm okay, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, you may recall two weeks ago we spoke with Marty Grunder, uh, who is uh, one of the the partners with Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners uh, on a horse by the name of In Lingerie that Todd Pletcher wisely chose to pass the Oaks with, and instead go into the black-eyed Susan, uh, sent away at 4-1, stumbled coming out of the gate, and just, uh, uh, Marty, take us through through those final couple furlongs, because I started getting the chills as the horse hit the three foot yeah. long marker.
4: No so, I uh I had a hard time uh keeping conscious to be honest with you. When <laughs> when the Phillies stumbled out of the gate, you know, if you've watched enough horse racing, normally that does you in. Um she she uh just about the three Ace pole started to lock into what was going on and by the time they hit the quarter pole she was five wide and she was rolling and um, I had my sister in from D.C., and my daughter came over uh, for the day with me to watch the race, and I leaned over to my sister, and I said, we're going to stink and win the black-eyed Susan, and she <laughs> turned for home and 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 did win, and just an unbelievably talented filly with an enormous heart and competitive spirit um, to stumble out of the gate and grab a quarter like she did. She was bleeding, um, as is the case with a lot of those issues, uh, injuries like that. It looked a lot worse than it was, but... I have blood all over my pants and my uh, my shoes from the race, and I don't think I'm going to wash the pants. I think I'm just going to leave it on there.
3: That, that is a great collector's item, without a doubt. Well, Marty, you probably don't know it, but right after they showed the race, they must have known where, where your, you and your partner's box were because they cut down, and there you were, uh, looking like with
4: your men in black shades on,
3: high-fiving yeah. anybody that had a hand within 100 yards.
4: <laughs> John, that was just a great day. I mean, these, these guys from Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners, I just can't say enough good about them. As an entrepreneur myself, to watch what they have done in such a short amount of time, um, obviously, we all know that there's a certain degree of luck by getting a horse into the winner's circle, but, you know, the, the racing manager, Aaron Wellman, the, the founding uh, and managing partner, Lee Midkiff, um, they have done just a tremendous job in increasing the odds of getting their partners into the winner's circle, and... You know, of course, this was a filly that they bought privately off of an incredible start. She actually overcame adversity in her first career start throwing a shoe and and still coming home with the win at Turfway. Um, I I just can't say enough about what they've done. Uh, The entertainment value of of this filly and and the Sweet Cat filly, you know, we've known each other a long time, John. And. And while it's fun to run a winner at River Downs, it, it's really fun to win a race like the Black Eyed Susan. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, I
3: know that, uh, that you're a sports fan of all kinds, and you're at the Reds game. Uh, give me a quick update. Yep.
4: I know they just swept four in a row. You know, uh, it's 0-0 here. They're, they're looking good. Homer Bailey's in a pitching duel with a young fellow from Atlanta. But, uh, you know, horse racing is still my number one <laughs> focus, especially now. It's, we're just having a lot of fun. All
3: right. Well, listen. I'll let you get get back to you to your uh, your cracker jacks. Thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen. That was Marty Grunder, who was a guest on Winning Ponies just two weeks ago, telling us about the partnership with In lingerie. Appreciate him taking the time to call uh, Winning Ponies. Well, let, let's get back now to uh, kind of rounding out uh, the the uh, the close of the peakness Preakness, and the open of the Beaumont Stakes. Optimizer. D. Wayne Lucas uh, still staying in the spotlight. Uh, he, You know, he uh, won back-to-back stakes on the Preakness undercard, uh, but couldn't get it done with Optimizer. But he says he's still probably going to go in the Belmont because of the distance and the different configuration of the track. Remember, now, this is a guy that uh, uh, took the Belmont with uh, Commendable, but uh, wind the clock back. Three consecutive victories from 94 to 96 with Tabasco Cat, Thunder Gulch, and Editor's Note uh looks like uh Cazetti that uh Romans put in uh probably will not be back but it looks like Doolahan will we might have some more information on Doolahan before uh this uh, report is over uh very interesting uh, horse uh, with a running style that could pretty well on Belmont Day. Uh, went the day well, who was uh, Graham Motion's horse. Uh, he just feels that maybe that race, the series of races, took a little more out of him. Uh, he is very unlikely uh, to go to the Belmont Stakes, uh, as is uh, Tiger Walk, who uh, ran eighth in the Preakness Stakes. Uh, also, the 11th place finisher, Pretension, uh, will not be going to post in the Belmont Stakes, according to his connections. Now, for those of you that... the uh, or wondering who was going to be in the race. Well, uh, uh, Street Life is a horse that I was very impressed with in the Peter Pan. Mark Valesky, of course, who won the Peter Pan, is not going into Belmont. But Street Life, a Chad Brown trainee who just really closed for his first time with blinkers on, is going to go in there. He'd be a horse that he could probably get some a, a pretty, pretty good price on. Um, and then Kenny McPeak, uh, of course, he upset the Belmont Stakes with Saraba when he uh, took the uh, title away from War Emblem, uh, he is going to be in there with, uh, with Anti-Gun, and uh, he might even have another entry in there by the name of Unstoppable U. Well, a uh, horse that uh, that most people think uh, could be the possible upsader, upsetter for, I'll have another, is Union Rags. And uh, Union Rags is going to have a new jockey, Johnny V., has picked up the mount on Union Rags, according to Michael Matz. And uh, quite frankly, to most of you uh, that uh, uh, have been watching the last couple of races, uh, we're not surprised that uh, Julian Le Peru... Uh, came off the horse uh back-to-back trouble races uh the florida derby and the kentucky derby i don't know if certainly you can you you can fault julian at all uh in the kentucky derby because he was just slammed from the get-go and there's so many horses in in that race it's really hard to to overcome uh any, any trouble in the first saturday of may uh but it looks like uh it's, it's going to be Johnny V. They said that several riders were considered, including Ramon Dominguez and Joel Rosario. Uh, but uh, he talked with Angel Cordero. And what they've done is they've decided that he's going to ride him for a series of races. That seems to be the deal that's going to happen, obviously, unless he really does something wrong in the Belmont. And they also wanted to make sure that it was a New York rider because they plan on staying there. Of course, that's where Union Rags has uh, run his uh, best races. Also, uh, We're talking about uh, jockey switches. It looks like uh, Doolahan is going to have a new rider. Of course, uh, Tiger Walk uh, had a new rider in the Belmont Stakes because Kent DeSormo uh, blew a positive uh, on the breathalyzer last Friday. So the, the stewards removed him from his three mounts that day, and the connections decided to take him off at Pimlico uh, hoping that uh, whatever issues he may have if he does have them he'll be able to work through them uh, but uh, he has been cleared and uh, he's back riding but he will not be riding uh, Donny Gall's Dulahan in the Belmont. It looks like Javier Castellano uh, will replace, uh, DeSormo. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, uh, there is actually a, a coffin angle, uh, to the Belmont. And I might be giving Dan Silver some information, who's, uh, uh the director of communications, uh, for Naira. And Dan's going to be on with us here in a few minutes is that there's actually a, there could be a coffin angle to the upset in this race in that Dulahan was recommended for purchase to Donegal Racing Partners by Julie Cawthon. Julie Cawthon is married to Carrie Cawthon, Steve's brother. So that's his sister-in-law. And as you can see, she's got a pretty good eye for horse flesh there. Uh, four-star stable, I believe, is their outfit out of uh, Lexington. Uh, so uh, it will be very interesting if there was somehow of a Cawthon angle uh, and if uh, Dullahan would run as good as the uh, uh, a lot of people believe he will, uh, particularly Dale Romans, who, who's not surprised at all. Well, I'm holding in my hands uh, the, the, the Belmont Park notes uh, that, are, that are put together uh, on a daily basis, and I can't imagine how long these notes are going to get in the days ahead. And Dan Silver is is the quarterback of all of the people that put together the information on the Bel Park, Belmont Park notes. Uh, there's bullet points, and then there's the, the story. Uh, he's letting us know that... Uh, I'll have another return to the track for the first time Uh, on Wednesday. Jogged around the track a mile and a half. Everybody says he's taken to it really well, and he and he looks fantastic. Also, returning to the track uh, for light work was Paintner, uh, who looks like he is going to go in Bodemeister's stead. And um, now Union Rags, he's going to stay down at. fair hill but still the belmont notes they call down there and check and it looks like chances are they're going to fly johnny v down to actually work him for his last week uh the weekend before the belmont stakes and then uh you know somebody did ask a <laughs> great quote if dual hand were to spoil the triple crown would, would dale romans feel any remorse Absolutely not, Roman said without hesitation during a Wednesday teleconference. I think we owe it to the past Triple Crown winners and make I'll have another earn it. If he's a super horse like Seattle Slough, a firm and secretariat, some of our past Triple Crown winners
0: then he 'll win it
3: if not we 'll be able to beat him. Great quote, very interesting of course uh, Rosie napravnik uh, she 's going to try to become another Julie crone who in ninety three uh, captured the Belmont aboard colonial fair she 's going to be on five sixteen so that 's a wrap up from Belmont park uh, that 's a look at the big races from last week of course uh, i 'll have another taken the uh, black-eyed Susans around his neck but taking the race the black-eyed Susan was in lingerie so we will be right back with Dan Silver the man that heads up the Belmont team on winningponies.com
1: Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports.
2: The fans now have a voice
4: to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need
1: ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy.
4: <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up, speak up or forever hold your mouth.
1: We ain't playing around here.
2: Voice America Sports.
3: silver his his official title is director of communications for naira but i'm going to say for the next uh, two weeks he's going to be in charge of putting out fires all over belmont because you just never know what's going to happen uh, i'm sure that that his life changed uh, very much when i'll have another caught bodemeister last week in the preakness uh i've had the, the privilege of uh, working with dan as an officer of the turf publicist uh, of america and uh, Dan, obviously, risen to the top at Naira as the Director of Communications. Dan, let me, before I bring you on, make one statement and you tell me if it's true or false. I've often heard that the most important race on Naira's schedule is the Preakness Stakes. <laughs>
5: That's, uh, probably a pretty accurate statement. You know, it's, it's such a different dynamic in the Belmont Stakes when we have a horse going for the Triple Crown or not. And, uh, Andy Sterling did does such a great job doing our handicapping on air, me and him were down at, uh, Pimlico for the Preakness. And as the horse was coming down the stress, me and him were sort of, uh, you know, hugging, uh, jumping up and down in the, the, uh, the seating area. It was, uh, I, I think it was, uh, probably pretty funny for anyone that was watching, but it was—I mean, what a uh, what a ride by Mario Gutierrez and uh, this horse looks looks pretty pretty good right now.
3: Yeah. Now at Naira, do they allow ice water injections in jockeys' veins before a race? Because this kid's got it. Yeah. I mean, you know,
5: because everyone seemed to be worried about the fact that Bodie Meister was going to get away early, and then maybe Gutierrez should have. Uh, I'll have another closer to him during the race, and some people thought he might get into a speed duel, and, and who knows what was going to happen. But he rode, I'll have another, like he knew he was on the best horse. I mean, he let creative cause go and put a little bit of pressure on Bodie Meister, but pretty much Bodemeister got everything his own way, and uh, I'll have another wasn't even sitting second like most people thought he was going to be. He had him pretty much third, and he, he just took go, I mean, in the stretch, just warmed out. I mean, he, he rode like he knew he was on the best horse. Well, he was in the Preakness. I'm not sure he was on the best horse in the Derby, but he was definitely on the best horse in the Preakness. He
3: he, he might be Mexico's version of Steve Cawthon. <clears throat> you know, because it's been uh, 35 years since somebody uh, who had never ridden in the, the Derby or the Preakness came in and won the Belmont Stakes. Yeah. Now, Dan, if you would for us, please, uh, tell us a little bit about your background because uh, from, from what I read in your bio, you didn't come directly from uh, the University of Arizona straight to the races.
5: Well, I, uh, I actually came from Arizona to the racetrack, but before that um, I um, got an undergraduate degree in English and I got a master's degree in uh, journalism. And then after that I went and I worked with the Missouri River Otters, and minor league hockey team. Uh, I was a play-by-play announcer there, the director of broadcasting.
3: Yeah, that, that's that's um, what really caught my eye. I didn't I didn't have any idea that that was part of your past.
5: Yeah, a uh, big uh, big hockey fan, and H- uh, hockey and horse racing have always been my two favorite sports. And so that was sort of a, uh, a fun job. And actually, the year that the NHL was on strike, we had four St. Louis Blues players on the team. Um, but uh, so I did that for three years, and then I went to. The Arizona program and went straight from the Arizona program to Naira where I've been since, uh, January 2008. Uh,
3: well, what was the hook for horse racing for you?
5: I don't know. The, you know, the, the first time that I saw a race on TV, which, uh, that I can recall with Strike the Gold winning the Derby, I think I was 12 years old and I just couldn't believe that this horse had come from so far back and had won the race. I watched the replay over and over, made my parents watch it and just sort of fell in love with the sport of horse racing. So sort of, uh, I don't know, I just didn't love the sport.
3: Well, I just can't imagine what's on your plate for the next two uh, two two and a half weeks. Uh, I, I saw where uh, reservations over the, the line, I believe, uh, went in five minutes.
5: Well, we have 21,500 reserve seats, and those went on sale actually March 12th both via Ticketmaster and via walk-up and phone-in sales here at, at uh, Belmont and at Aqueduct. Um, and so for post-time for the Preakness, we would already sold about 16,000 of the 21,000 reserve seats. So then what we do is we take the tickets off of Ticketmaster for a two-day period following the Preakness and just have them uh, available through Naira. So from that time period, about 2,000 more sold. So we only had about 4,000 reserve seats left. When they went on sale again on Ticketmaster Monday morning, and those three, fa- we gave three thousand to Ticketmaster Monday morning. Those sold out in three minutes. And then we had a thousand left over, and those basically are being sold here at Belmont Park this week. Now, obviously, we have walk up sales the day of $10 for grandstand general admission, and we don't turn anyone away. So, so we had 120,000 people here the, the day that uh, Smarty Jones. You know, went down to Birdstone, um, and so we don't turn anyone away. And we're actually going to be probably putting some general admission seats up on Ticketmaster for the first time. People will be able to just buy those in advance for ten dollars. Uh, we'll have more details on that um, probably this weekend at some point. But uh, but we're expecting a huge crowd. Uh, yeah, I don't think you've you've got to you've got to worry
3: about that now. Um, as as far as uh your role i mean you, you do an outstanding job w- with your notes team well, when something like this happens do you bring in freelancers people you know from the breeders cup or the ntra uh, do you increase your staff w- when something's as exciting as the, the someone going for the triple crown
5: yeah we uh we definitely increase the staff we have some folks we bring in and i mean we have you know you talked about the notes that we do i mean i have an incredible department here um and, uh, they deserve all the credit for the, the hard work there at the barns every morning, putting together barn notes. Um, Jenny Kellner and John Forbes and Ashley Harriman, and we just have a really good group here. And then for big weeks, we'll add some folks. Uh, John Scheinman, who used to work for the Washington Post, is one of our, uh, one of our, um, star guys that we bring in for the Saratoga meet and to do notes packages. Um Phil Janak's another guy who we bring in that just does a tremendous job. And then we've got, you know, industry, uh, um, stalwarts like Jim Gluckson who's going to be helping out as well. I oh, had yeah, Jim on the pretty show pretty. last week. Yeah, so Jim helped us out um, with some of the credentialing items uh, and just overall advice. He's just a great guy to have around. So yeah, we we really uh, beef up the staffing leading up to the Belmont Stakes. Uh,
3: yeah, I thought it was interesting. We, we have... Uh, uh, Mass here at the uh, racetrack every Sunday, and Father Niehaus, who says mass, is an old horse breeder and horse owner. And uh, got talking after mass to the guy that put Steve Coffin on his first winner. His name is Tommy Bischoff, wow. uh, Steve's uncle. And so anyhow, I don't know if I scooped you. I'll give you the numbers if you want them. But uh, but that Julie Coffin is actually the, the person that recommended
5: a Donegal stable stable. Uh, they buy Doolahan. Wow, you know? that's uh. And, you know, speaking of Steve Coffin, this Saturday at Belmont Park, I mean, we've got a huge Memorial Day weekend plan. We have four graded races on Monday. Uh, the Met Mile, I think, is the best race of the year. And Saturday, we've got a jockey signing. Steve Coffin and Georgie Velasquez, the riders obviously, uh, for Affirmed and Allied, are going to be at Belmont Park Saturday from one to three signing autographs, um, which is going to be tremendous.
3: Uh, it, it will be, you know, to, to bring those two guys back in, uh, two class acts, as you may or may not know. Steve started right here at Little Old River Downs. And, uh, you know, he's become a part of the community as a nice farm, Dreamfields over in Northern Kentucky. And, uh, the guy has never done anything but exude class. And, and he's never dodged it. Every, every time this happens where there's a horse coming in that, that has a chance to break his record in the Triple Crown, I mean, he must get 400 phone calls from the media, you know, about, gee, what's this like? Do you care if anybody breaks your record? Is it, how's this going to mean to you? And, you know, he's just such a class act. It's like, no, because it's good for racing, you know? But i got a Triple Crown winner. I mean, just as, just as uh, Roman said, hey, if this horse is good enough to be along the names of, say, uh, in Seattle slew, then I'm all for it. But he's going to have to beat my horse first. Yeah. Wow. Yep. But, oh. uh, yeah, you, you'll, uh, that, that's great that you can bring those two guys together. Um, now, anything else that the people that are going to be in town or the New Yorkers that listen to our show uh, need to know about uh, goings-on on, on uh, Belmont Week?
5: You know, we've got a uh, kind of band's. On Belmont Stakes Day, a great slate of bands that are going to be entertaining folks. Um, it's just going to be a, a wonderful atmosphere. You know, it's, it's funny. There are some things that we had planned for the day that we can't do anymore because they take up space. And we need as much space as possible to create enough room for everyone that wants to come to Belmont to see I'll have another go for the Triple Crown. So, um, you know, a lot of it on Belmont Stakes Day is just now we're just going to have such a great event focusing around the possibility for a Triple Crown contender. Um, this weekend, Mehmed Mile Weekend, we've got a lot of events going on, giveaways, um, and we're also going to have some giveaways, uh, Belmont Stakes Week. I think we might be doing an All Have Another Beer Cozy the Friday before the Belmont Stakes. So that could be a fun little giveaway item.
3: I love it. Now, is, is, by any chance, is he, Copyrighted or anything where we're restricted in what we can do because I, I know that we we want to really get behind this and certainly his name uh, lends to some fun
5: things, particularly a beer koozie. I know exactly. I, you know, I, I don't know. You'd have to talk to the, to the legal folks, but uh, but there's also the, uh, the all have another gang is going to be participating in some great stuff Belmont Stakes week. You know, we, we're going to be lighting up the Empire State Building in the the uh, Mr. Redham's colors, purple and white, and Mario Gutierrez is going to be. Going to the Empire State Building on Tuesday. Uh, sounds like, um, Doug O'Neill may be throwing out the first pitch at a, uh, Yankees game, Yankees mets game during the week of the Belmont Stakes. So it's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on for that crew. Uh,
3: absolutely. So now he's throwing out first pitches on coast to coast. Now, it, <laughs> it looks like, uh, uh, Doug O'Neill's a pretty I- interesting guy. I saw where he's going to be at Hollywood Park next Saturday for uh, meeting some people. Is he pretty much going to be around New York?
5: Um, was that Doug you said that, the, uh, the The trainer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doug is probably getting in at some point this weekend, um, and I think he's going to be in New York from that point through the race. I'm not sure of what his exact travel schedule is, but he is going to be around to oversee the training of the horse uh, starting at some point this weekend.
3: Now, uh, as far as... Uh, uh, I'll have another. It, lo- it looks like... They really feel like he's, he's had three solid races for sure uh, in, in a row. I guess you could say four. Are uh, they pretty much just going to kind of do what they did uh, at, at, at Pimlico and gallop him up? Do they do they give you that information?
5: Um, my sense is that he may work once before the race. He's got three weeks between races now, as opposed to just two between the Derby and the Preakness. I would think you know that maybe they'd work him towards the end of next week. Uh, he just returned to the track yesterday. He's jogged the last two days. Tomorrow he's going to gallop. Uh, and, you know, he looks great. I mean, he looks like a happy horse to me. Um, now, any any outsiders, any, uh,
3: you know, when you're in the, the, the press box in New York, there's always uh, wise guy horses. Uh, who are the guys in the press box uh, try, trying to pick to be the upsetter?
5: Well, they haven't really uh, started banding about any names yet. I assume that will probably happen a little closer to the race. But uh, he's going to be tough to beat. I mean, Dullahan, obviously, is a very talented horse. He's got five weeks off for a very talented trainer. You would think that him and Union Rags would probably be the, the two main horses that we, people would talk about. Um, it's funny, Ken, Ken McPeak has an undefeated horse, Unstoppable U, whose uh, damn sire won the Belmont Stakes, Point Given. And Point Given was one of my favorite horses. So, uh, who knows? if he's a speed horse, Unstoppable U, maybe he'll, he'll get to lope along in the lead. But, obviously... If uh, all of runs his race, it's really hard to see him
3: losing. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, that uh, Kenny McPeak uh, upset you know, the, the, the yep. field there uh, at uh, at Belmont. of course, Saraba, I think, was the longest-priced horse uh, ever to win to Belmont, wasn't he? Uh,
5: let's see. You're making me dig out my media.
3: Now. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot.
5: I'm sure one of your <laughs> yeah, guys will put that, that out. I don't know off the top of my head if he was the longest-priced winner ever. But I can probably find it for you. But uh, nonetheless,
3: Kenny, Kenny, another good guy, just kind of, you know, it, it's funny that he did not have a uh, a big horse this year um, to, to be in any of the Triple Crown races. And I guess he's just kind of been taking his time with these ones, and he figures now it's the time to take a shot.
5: Yeah, it looks like he's going to have two horses in the race, most likely. Uh, yes, yeah, Sarava was the highest priced uh, Belmont owner. Paid $142.50.
3: Well, Kenny McPeak, another guy that started his career at Little old River Downs. <laughs> Dan, yep. what's it like, you know, when I go around to the press boxes in the United States these days for, for some of the bigger races, um, each year there's fewer and fewer seats that, that are filled. How hard is it for you right now? Because I'm sure... Some papers weren't going to send writers. Uh, other writers were, you know, on the fence of whether or not they're going to come. I'm sure you allocate X number of, of media credentials and who can be in the press box. Um, are you all of a sudden inundated from places
5: you didn't think that you'd have to accommodate? Yes, we are inundated with media credential requests. Last year we credentialed um, a little more than 500 uh, media and this year you know, we're probably going to get in excess of a, of a thousand requests, and it's you know it's simply we simply don't have the space. We're adding uh, two auxiliary press box areas. We've got a huge photo area, um, so we're we're doing our best to accommodate um, everyone that wants to come. But obviously, that's that's not possible. So um, we're doing our best to sort through all the inquiries coming in and um, you know put put folks in the best spot.
3: Well, I, uh, I, I wish you, uh, nothing, nothing, uh, but, but, the best of luck. Uh, Dan, one more time for, for our listeners, who I know there's a lot of them are from the East Coast, as far as ticket availability and the ability to get in to watch this quest for the Triple Crown, what are the best avenues for them to go to? Is there a best information center? Is there a best website or is there a best ticket
5: outlet? I would say, uh, BelmontStakes.com is always going to have the most updated ticket information. Great website, lots of good news and videos on there. Um, and uh, we're not going to turn anyone away at the gates. We've got uh, $10 for the grandstand, $20 for the clubhouse general admission. And as I said, uh, we'll probably be putting out a press release at some point this weekend that we're going to put some general admission fees, uh, $10, $10 uh, general admission um, up on Ticketmaster so folks will be able to buy those in advance. That's going to be the first time we've ever done that. Um, but, uh, you know, Folks certainly can know that they're going to have a place here at Belmont. Well, all I can say is I, I
3: really uh, I, I, I thank you for, for being on the show tonight, and, and I wish you best of luck. I, I can imagine. Now, is, is there an alibi breakfast the day after the Belmont?
5: No, we don't have an alibi breakfast like the uh, like I guess they I don't know if they still do it in Pimlico or not, but um, but we do have the post position draw on the Wednesday, which always gets some good comments, and we've got a media luncheon on the Tuesday at uh, Rockefeller Center, which last year created some uh, good trash-talking between Dale Romans and Barry Irwin,
4: <laughs>
5: and neither of them won the race. So, Well,
3: uh, I guess you you may have uh, Dale Romans there for sure to, to, to yep.
5: give it. Yeah, to Dale's great. Dale's a great sport
3: his kid is too. You got to put a microphone in, in in into his son. the kid's fantastic, well,
5: not just his son, but you know his daughter Bailey, she works for me in Saratoga, and she's gonna be working for us almost next week and she is i mean she is just a ray of sunshine for us in some of the uh you know long days of Saratoga. She is just a very positive person
3: that is fantastic. I had no idea she worked on your yep. staff, yeah. Well, Dan, listen, I uh, thank you very much for your time uh, here on Winning Ponies, and I'm sure you're going to have a packed house. Uh, all I can do now is kind of pray that, uh, that, that you have great weather uh, f- for this outing, and, you know, uh, if he's good enough to do it, racing having another Triple Crown can only help our
5: sport. Uh, it would be great, John, and it's always a pleasure talking to you. You're a real gentleman, so uh, happy to come on whenever you need.
3: All right, Dan. I won't be afraid to call you when we, maybe when we get a little bit closer uh, uh, t- to, to the Saratoga meet. Thanks a lot. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. Uh, we're uh, trying to get a hold of uh, Tom Law, but if till we can, I've got a good friend of mine that's going to stand in and help me out. The one, the only, the man I admire in racing, Ed Meyer. We'll be right back on Winning Pony <laughs>
4: your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
1: fantasy sports is where the action really is over 40 million people play fantasy sports but rarely do they get to quiz the experts fantasy insights is the name and the game
3: Alright, and with me now, uh, a pleasure and, and a pleasant surprise is uh, the one and only Ed Meyer is going to be with us. Steady Eddie, how you doing?
0: Great to hear your voice, Johnny, and it's always a good time.
3: Well, I'm sure that uh, your many fans out there in Winning Pony Lands are, are, are happy to hear y- your voice again, but nonetheless, I thought maybe I'd get a read on, um, you, you know, the, the vistas of, of what's opened up this year uh with with the with the triple crown um how have you viewed let's let, let, let's start with the derby and and then lead up to the preakness uh surprises for you or uh you know uh are some of these horses the real deal you know coming coming into the derby so so many people were were saying you know this has got to be the greatest group of 3 year olds we ever put together because nine horses that came out of the breeder's cup juvenile had all won graded stakes races. I mean, it just looked like the most consistent bunch. And, of course, the Derby, a very tough race. Half the field got in trouble. You could make excuses for them. But now, all of a sudden, in the Preakness, it, it seems to me like the cream has risen to the top with uh, Creative Cause, Bodie and I'll have another. But, you know, both Bodie and Creative Cause, I think I said, I've had enough of this horse. I'm going someplace else, especially after a really tough campaign.
0: Oh agreed the The derby lives up to it each and every year, and it just holds so much promise and pageantry i I think every every remote race fan that goes from Aunt Sadie to Grandma to even me, if we all got a two dollar bet on the derby it was it it never leaves us without plenty to, plenty to hope for for the future, but the unique part is i 'll have another he stamped his ticket for Baltimore, and I love the way that Doug O'Neill got so energetic, and they went right away. And it was kind of like, uh, kind of like Charlie Hustle, John. He ran, he ran his walk out to first base. He ran to Baltimore like I want to run today. Yeah, and he's done the same thing now. He was on a and he, was and, and and he got
3: rightfully right so. He got right to it, Belmont.
0: I cannot wait. I, I mean, I wish it was happening tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit. I think I'll Have Another is something tremendously special, and nothing away from Bodie Meister. Bob Baffer brought a, brought a wonderful, wonderful colt uh, to the dance, and I think Bodie. we're going to hear some wonderful things from uh, Bodie Meister down the road. Uh, it, it, they, they had a record crowd at Pimlico. So whoever said that racing is is on the uh, the doldrums or in the dying sport I, I guess they didn 't pay attention to the uh, to the to the hugggleabaloo that really went on when two horses locked horns from the eighth pole in, and i 'll have another best at him at the top of the lane it, John, I am so energized about this year. I really think that we have one well, you know at
3: there were, there were there were enough naysayers that, that everybody said when you looked at the chart of the Kentucky Derby and there were so many horses that did legitimately get in trouble, which happens a lot on the first Saturday of May. Everybody's like, "Well, this horse just had the perfect trip," you know, and so therefore, Bodie Meister goes off the favorite. And then uh, Mike Smith could not have done a, a more beautiful job in the Preakness in slowing down the pace. I mean, so there really the, there was just. No excuse at all. Bodie had had another beautiful trip. I shouldn't say another. I thought he went a little bit too fast in the Derby. But what I'm saying is is he never had a straw in, in his path for either race. And for I'll have another and Mario Gutierrez to, to, to track him down and thump him by a neck at the wire, I'm agreeing with you. I think this horse is the real deal.
0: What a year it's going to be. Doug O'Neill... He, he seems to be that quintessential blue-collar trainer from California. I am so excited about the, the O'Neill camp. Mario Gutierrez is an incredible, young, energetic. He's 25 years old, and I love the Preakness state quote. This is not about me. We talked about it with Mr. Redham and Mr. O'Neill. He wanted to be a little close to both and this time, he didn't he didn't uh, lack that kicking in the end. John, when he went around the final turn, it, I, I really had a question. It looked like he wasn't grasping the track. It looked like he spun his wheels for a second. But then when he leveled out, oh, how exciting it just truly was. And I think that they're going to be really hard-pressed. With the possibility of Dullahan and Union Rags now having John Velasquez in the Irons, I think they're the only two that offer out any... Any, uh, how should you say, the spoiler? The, the spoiler uh, role, but I think I'll have another is that special runner. They're already starting to make the analogy of uh, Mario and Steve Cawthon. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be mentioned in the same sentence is tremendous. But yeah, and, there, there's so just... many synergies right there. Yeah, and, and I was reading uh, along those
3: lines, Ed, that, um, that Cawthon is, is complimenting the horse so much, saying that he actually reminds him of an affirmed, in that um, he he just bounces out of these races and he's fresh every time, you know. And if you notice O'Neill, like just like he did at Pimlico, it's like, he, hey, I don't have to do much with this horse. He looks great. Now, I did go down and watch him work out at Churchill Downs, and he was a picture of health. And every photo I've seen of the horse since then, he, he just looks magnificent.
0: I cannot wait to see this kid. He is so cool. When they, When they actually shot really just a just an up close shot it was like the camera wasn't there it was doug o'neill leaning against the rail mario had both his hands propped up like he was waiting for a four thousand dollar claiming race at hastings but yet he was he knew what he was there for he's not rattled he's not shaken so i could see that in in the same great steve Cawthon and what a class act you know for for the kind words that he's actually imparting there but john I'm not much of a of a of a boohoo guy, but there was something mentioned this past week in the New York Post that kind of shook my foundations when Kent D, Kent DeSormo, uh was he seems a little bitter right about now and you know, he he said that this young rookie rider can't get the job done. I, I You're kidding me. I didn't it, see that. I, I read it. It, it kind of shocked me. And actually, there's a blog on Winning Ponies about it. It's called One More for the Road. And I'd like for Kent D to actually give Mario maybe, a, maybe that little brotherly love. He, he doesn't have to give him the secret sauce to all of his victories, but maybe he could share how he lost by a nose with real quiet. And when Big Brown disappointed the world. And, and we're all still scratching our heads. Maybe he could help him overcome that, and maybe if there are any jitters in his, uh, in his wheelhouse, which I doubt there are, maybe Dee could be a positive influence. Well, I think
3: un, unlike uh, the, uh, the, the, the Smarty Jones incident where the, the Jack didn't have any experience at Belmont, I, I believe that I've read uh, that they're going to try to get mounts for Gutierrez uh, during the week, uh, at belmont uh if you've ever been there i mean it's like it's so spacious it's just it's unbelievable and i can see where a rider could get confused like you know he, you think you're at the three furlong pole and you know you've only gone a quarter mile but that's where usually the three furlong pole is
0: that's the greatest point and if you go right back to smarty jones and and that's that is a perfect race to put your finger on the camera angle was set low and it looked like they were coming out of the turn to straighten away, but when they actually shot a higher-level shot, they were midway through the turn. Big Sandy, as Belmont's called, has a sweeping, sweeping turn, and riders can get lost. You'll be right against the rail and think you're, you're inches away, and you're really in the three-path. It's a huge track, and I agree. Go up there, get a, little, uh, get a few races under your belt. Get a good feel, and I'm sure that you're going to be welcome with open arms. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if if,
3: if Doug O'Neill uh, brought horses with him, but I I got to guess this kid's just such the now rider that that people in New York would be happy to give him a leg up,
0: you know, on their horse during the week. I I would have to say it'd be it'd be a thrill, and he seems like such a genuine. Young man, a a young professional rider. He's 25 years old, you know, he said, you know, I'd never really heard the the Kentucky, uh, my old Kentucky home when they played it at the Derby. And you know, where most riders and and myself and you as well, we we get emotional. He was as, uh, as cool as a cucumber. He came out and he did his bidding. They made a joke, a little tongue in cheek joke that they said, as long as the, Mr. Redham that was, said, as long as the mariachi band doesn't play, he will not cry. <laughs>
3: <sighs> well, it, it, it's going to be a, a fun couple of weeks leading up to it. I, I just pray that there's nothing that, that anybody uh, you know s- steps on a safety pin or, or s- there's some kind of you know disruption uh, in, in anybody's training. And, and really, I do want to see Union Rags and and Dullahan, uh taken on a shot at him because I think you know what what Dale Roman said. I don't know if uh, you 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 heard his quote, but uh, they they were asking him you know are you going to feel bad if if your horse upsets him and he says absolutely not because he says if you want to be considered in in the same sentence as uh secretary at Seattle Slough, citation war admiral count fleet he says you better be able to beat everybody and he was absolutely right because this it, it will be a history making
0: moment you know when dale speaks i i really enjoy he, you talk about a guy who just eats, sleeps, and breathes the game. His partner, Tammy Fox, a longtime rider, and she's perfect on a horse. And, you know, she's, she's small in stature but big in heart, and she gives him, gives him the feedback that he needs. And Dale Romans probably couldn't have come from a better racing family and how great it is to actually have that in your corner, you know, when you're prepping yourself. So when Dale says that, you know, you've got to beat the best, I'm going to buy all the stocks that I can. That he's going to come ready, and, and he's going to come ready, and he's going to deliver uh, the best uh, the best horse that he possibly can for that race. Well, we're, we're going to find out here. I'll tell you what. Ed, can, can, can you hold on a little
3: bit? I need to take a break right here, but I'd like to come back and ask you some more questions.
0: Gladly. All
3: right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we are going to keep talking races on WinningPonies.com. Stay tuned.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
2: And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. The home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, porters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one. Until you
1: stop by the Voice America Sports Channel, tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel
0: your internet flagship station for sports voice
2: america sports
3: And with coming. a former Winning Ponies host, Ed Meyer. You know, Ed, you you brought up, uh, Doug O'Neill, you know, and the fact that, uh, he, uh, he was a trainer to win the Preakness Stakes with his very first starter. Well, he, that puts him in some pretty good company. I did a little bit of homework. I'll throw in the names of a few other guys out that won the Preakness Stakes the first time they went into it. Uh, uh how about, uh, uh, Ben Jones, Woody Stevens, John Longden, of course, Smiley Adams, guy by the name of Dwayne Lucas, and uh, the, the likes of uh, Neil
0: Howard. I mean, Barkley Tag. Uh, that's some pretty good company to be in for this young guy. I would agree. He's energetic. He's happy. You know, John, what I hope, that he doesn't get derailed this week. Uh, there there was actually an article, it was in the on the Daily Racing Forum site, where he said he was banned for 45 days. I'm going to put that out of my mind. And there there are fines and suspensions that go on in racing. You, a long-time man of racing, knows that this does happen, that one of his horses tested in excess of the permitted level of uh, tobol, total carbon dioxide. But he's not going to be... Going on the shelf till July one, and he's going to have some time down. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that he actually keeps this aside and keeps his mind focused on business, because this guy is a ball of energy, I, Mr. Reddham. I mean, could there be a better guy? Uh, uh, they asked him. They said, "Which was which was actually greater for you, the share of the winner's purse?" or what you actually wanted at the uh, wagering windows. And they said he just smiled.
3: <laughs> well, he's a philosophy professor, so I'm sure he's
0: being very philosoph- philosophical about that ticket he's
3: got in his pocket. Uh, but I'll tell you what, now Doug O'Neill trained one of my favorite horses of all time, uh, Lava Man, and it'll go down in history as the greatest claim ever. And Steve Haskin wrote a story back about uh, two thousand and six or so about about lava man and uh, how it was very interesting it, it 's on the blood horses site this week and it, about the, these people being cautious about putting him in claiming races and finally it was doug 's brother that recommended they they take lava man and he went on to to set numerous uh, records not track records but records for winning grade ones out on the west coast that's really where where he developed but do yourself a favor go go to the blood horse and uh go to steve Haskin. it's called hanging with haskin he's been a guest on Mm WinningPonies.com, and click on they've got a video a lava man he comes back lava man of course is now the the pony for i'll have another one he, he just he couldn't stand life on the farm. And Doug <laughs> O'Neill brings him back to the farm, and, and I hope our listeners will do this, and, uh, and brings him back to the barn after the workout, takes the saddle off him, and just leaves him alone. Lava Man walks down the shed row, finds a closed feed tub, takes his nose... Flips it open and just feeds himself. It's <laughs> unbelievable. You got, and he does it over and over again because the, the the top of the feed tub keeps falling down. And so finally, the groom just comes over while well, he's got his head in the feed tub, just starts taking his wraps off. It's just it's unbelievable. But again, uh, th- that's got to be the biggest claim
0: to fame, uh, taking a fifty thousand dollar claimer and winning five point five million with him. He's come a long way from the claiming ranks. And I'll tell you what, Lava Man was super, right above my desk is this wonderful, it's framed, it's Lava Man in the morning, and this uh, little-known photographer actually put it together and, and gave it to me as a gift. It, it sits right above my desk, right next to my diploma, which I, I don't know if that's really mine or not. But, <laughs> but I do know the Lava Man is mine because it was, uh, it was given to me with uh, on my birthday, I believe, and it will stay up there until the wall falls down or, or until uh, they throw me out of here. Yeah, I remember he was, uh, he was working down at Keeneland and
3: it's funny, as great as he was, all of his best wins, I think maybe all of his wins,
0: uh, took place in California. I, I do believe you are correct that he, he did like, uh, he did like the left coast. He did quite well out there and that, uh, that, Little photographer, I'm going to give you a props whether you like it or not because you'll never mention it. I, I often say this to you, and, and now I get an opportunity to say it well, where maybe others will really hear it. And they I always tease you and say, you know, I think you're missing your real <laughs> calling in life, John, because you're an incredible photographer, and, and I've got a lot of your handiwork and, and really appreciate it. And and uh, you can take a look at it on Pat Lang's site. And uh, I, a matter of fact, there was two gentlemen that spoke about it today.
3: Well, thank you, thank you very much, Steady Eddie. I appreciate that. that that's not why I I threw that out there, but uh, I just oh, no. thought he, he was he's such a, a great claim. And speaking of great claim, uh, is is the claim that I have uh, for your friendship, my man, and uh, the fact that you passed the baton to me uh, here at Winning Ponies, and I I see Matt Widener uh, waving a finger at me. I won't tell you which one. Tell me, I got about thirty seconds to
0: get out. So, Steady Eddie, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, my friend. It's always a pleasure, John. Best of luck to everyone. Keep listening and you're going to hear nothing but good stuff. All right.
3: And keep reading the blogs. You never know who might be reading, who might be writing some of the blogs on, on winning ponies. Perhaps the gentleman uh, that we just spoke to. So that pretty much uh, wraps up the show. I hope you all had a great preakness. We're going to have uh, plenty more news uh, leading up into the Belmont stakes. With that said, overlooking the turf pa- course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, bet with your head, not over it.
2: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.